This is Give Me Some Truth, a podcast from Walkner Condon Financial Advisors in Madison, Wisconsin. Give Me Some Truth is dedicated to providing an accessible and authentic view into the financial services industry, as well as current events and investment concepts that you can apply in your day-to-day life. You gotta leave your money behind you. Welcome back to Give Me Some Truth. Today we have Keith and myself, Mitch, in the booth here, and it's just us two going to be talking about something that we both have been through in our careers, and that is a career change. And it is a beautiful spring day as we are sitting here in the booth. We see lots of sunshine coming in from the windows. It was raining earlier this morning, but man, the sun comes out and it's amazing how that just changes everyone's demeanor. Uh, it, it's been too long since we've seen the sun here in Madison, quite frankly. Um, and I think uh, one of the reasons all of us uh, are uh, happy is because our, our, our office has so much light that comes in once we get the sun back. And it makes a big difference in our moods here in the in the office as well. So it's it's nice to have, and you know we've got the beautiful uh, kind of arboretum area across from us as well. So uh, beautiful day. Hopefully we can get out and maybe enjoy it a little bit this afternoon. Uh, maybe sneak in a walk, something like that. Um, but I think it, it, you know, the nice weather is something that. Uh, may prompt many people to start thinking about what am I doing, especially if you're, you know, <laughs> sitting at an interior cubicle or far away from a window or in a dark office or something like that. You start thinking, well, why am I, you know, it's so nice outside here in Wisconsin. This is the time to enjoy it. If even if it just means moving closer to the window, it makes a big difference. Sometimes it's as simple as that. Yeah, (laughs) it's a big difference. And so I think, you know, for both of us, we change careers. And I think we change careers from almost opposite ends of the spectrum and kind of met in the middle uh, here with uh, financial advising. Uh, For those of who don't, those of you who don't know, in the past, I was a French professor, I taught, uh, I got my PhD in, in comparative literature, I taught at the uh, at our sinus, uh, university or college was the last place I taught out in Philadelphia. Um, I'm originally from Madison. So that was one of the considerations for me was moving back to the local area and really in the academic field, you don't have a lot of control about where you live. Um, so if I wanted to live here in Madison, I was probably going to have to change, uh, careers. That was one of the things. And I think Mitch, when you and I, and maybe you want to tell a little bit about your background, Uh, When we were talking about this, we really wanted to talk about the difference between kind of changing a job Mm -hmm. and what you might need to know for that and thinking about why you might change careers and why did you, you know, change careers and what were you doing? Yeah. So my background, I studied industrial engineering at the University of Michigan, and I I always thought I wanted to do some sort of engineering. And in high school, that was just based on two things, and that was... Well, probably three. I'll say three things. One was that I was good at math. Two, that I was good at physics. I enjoyed those two topics as well. And three was that you can you can make a good career going the engineering path. So those are kind of the three main considerations that I had when it came to initially starting my career. And I was in that space for close to four years. I worked for a company called Rockwell Automation, who a fair amount of Wisconsinites may have heard of. They're headquartered out of Milwaukee, and they've got a few plants throughout the state. So, and actually, one in the in the Madison area here the, too. I think but. world's second largest clock face is you know the old Allen yes Allen Bradley uh, clock in Milwaukee. They at one point I think they could claim that it was the 
first in the world. But well, then I think they changed it. Didn't they change it to it's the the largest clock face in the the Western Hemisphere? Yeah, I think well, is what because they, they, they <laughs> I think in Mecca, I think it was in Mecca, they actually built a bigger clock. But it is bigger than Big Ben. So yes, you know, take that, London. And for you beer drinkers, I know you're out there. The Polish Moon beer from Milwaukee Brewing Company is based off of the clock face of the clock tower of, of the building in Milwaukee there. So there you go. little tidbit. That's Rockwell yeah. automation. Yeah. Polish moon. <laughs> uh, you have Polish roots. Don't you? Uh, my family, in fact, grow, uh, was originally from the, the shadow of the Polish moon. My grandfather was from uh, Bayview originally. I was just, just down there a couple of weeks ago. Um, Bayview obviously has changed. If you're not familiar with Milwaukee, it's became, become a very uh, hip area, uh, great soccer bar there, the Highbury. Uh, that's where my grandfather was from. And then my dad, uh, grew up about 16th in Oklahoma, which is now a very, uh, Latino neighborhood. So if you're interested in tacos, a lot of good taco and Mexican restaurants up and down Oklahoma there as well. But yeah, that's nice. where, that's where my family origins are from, particularly on my dad's side. And, and so back to to rock rock automation, right? I was working there, then made a little bit of a change, and and I actually interned at the Rockwell before even coming on full time. The internship clearly went well because then I interviewed for a full time position. It turned into full time <laughs> job or career. You know, that's part of the discussion we're talking about, right? Is a job is a career. But then, around the fourth year of me working there, and I moved a couple different times for the company, there was a, a restructuring and therefore a downsizing which my position happened to be eliminated. So sometimes, right, the, there are, are triggers that are going to be a triggering event. And in my case, it was not necessarily my choice for my job to be eliminated, right? But it happened. And then not only because I, I was a good saver, not a big spender, I had benefited from advice from a financial advisor, actually, and, and had, you know, emergency fund set up. So, between those things and the the severance package that Rockwell gave me, I did have some time to take a step back, right? And say, is this the career that I really want to be in? Do I want to be in the controls engineering space? And I was also part of the sales organization there. And is that kind of the industry and the career that I really see myself in long-term? And it's easy on a quick you know, 20, 30 minute podcast for me to just say, oh, well, then I decided to move over to financial planning and try that whole thing, right? Well, no, I mean, it took several conversations with people in the industry. I, I called up contacts I knew that were in the industry. I had been being pulled that way a little bit as well. People in financial services had had mentioned it to me, thought I'd be good at it. Not only just based on my, my technical background, but I'm a people person. I'm a relationship person. I'd like to think I can get along with, with most that are out there. And, and those are or two skills that, that go a long way, right? And some of the, the investments or the insurance or whatever piece, right? You can learn some of that along the way. Yeah. So so I did decide to make the change, obviously, and this is now year four doing financial planning for, for clients. And it's just been a fantastic, fantastic move on, on many on many stretches. So it, it's been awesome. For me, that's kind of the slightly short. I tried yeah. to truncate it a little bit, but yeah. um, that's, no, that's but, how I got to, to where I am today. But I think you bring up really what's an important point when, uh, you know, you were lucky and that you had uh, some time, you know, with the severance package and an emergency fund and so on. And I think 
that's something a working spouse helps too. Yeah, indeed, indeed. But I think that's one of the the first things that, in my case as well, I did it via phone conversations. And I and what I did when I thought about leaving being a professor, first of all, I knew my network was stronger here in Madison than it was in uh, in Philadelphia, and I didn't have any uh, spouse or uh, children to worry about, so that gave me a little bit of extra flexibility, and that's a big advantage to have. But I think it's the first thing is to start laying the groundwork for that career change. A lot of people, and I just talked to a friend who's looking at a career change, and she she feels like she has to do it immediately, right? No, if you have a good job, there's there's nothing wrong with going out and going to lunch with people and picking their brains about what they do on a daily basis, right? Uh, being interested rather than interesting and asking about about their career and why they picked it and, and learning about it, I think is one of the, the really the, the good first steps because you can read all the books you want, read all the magazines um, and look at it from that, that background. But I think one of the first things is, okay, you know, what do you think about this, this career that you're doing? And then it's really easy from there just to say, hey, who else do you think I should talk to, right, about this career? Or do you think I'd be a good fit for this? You know, and they can give you an, you know, if you trust them, they'll give you an honest perspective on that. And so I think that's really one of the big key things I think that both Mitch and I uh, learned. And I did some of these conversations via the phone. I did them, you know, uh, over cheeseburgers and, you know, coffee or whatever you want to do it over. But it's just starting from that perspective of, hey, I want to learn about what you do and then, you know, maybe it'll be a good fit for me. Maybe it won't. What do you think about, I was thinking about this career. What do you think, do you think that'd be a good fit for me? And I think that's, you know, uh, one thing that both Mitch and I would agree on there is in terms of, of, you know, looking to change, figuring out a way that you can do your research while not having to worry about funds. So if it means meeting up with people after work real quick or doing it over lunch, but just, you know, chatting with people. Uh, when you get the chance. And that's a good first step, I would say, for changing careers. And it's amazing how far those coffees or, or beers or lunch, wherever, whatever it is you're doing, right? It's amazing where those discussions can go. I mean, the last couple of places I have worked have come from those conversations, right? Yeah. There, there may not have been even a job. Post. As a matter of fact, there was no job posting at Walkner Condon Financial <laughs> Advisors when I got hired. Mm-hmm. It happened because... I reached out to John, who a lot of you guys know John, right? Jonathan Jordan. I knew him from, from working together at Merrill Lynch. And I reached out to him and said, hey, let's grab coffee. I'm looking at a few things. And next thing you know, after several conversations, all of a sudden I'm here and I'm at Wagner Condon and couldn't be happier. So it's, it's pretty amazing that it just started with the coffee next door yeah. at Madison yeah. Chocolate Company. <laughs> uh, thank you, Madison Chocolate Company. I think one of the other things, too, is if, you know, you, you approach these meetings from the right way, all of a sudden these people become advocates for you, right? And so they start thinking about, oh, Mitch, you know, I know he's got these skills. I've learned this about him. Or Keith, I know this about him. You know, uh, my friend over at XYZ Company is looking for a importer exporter you know at <laughs> vandalay industries seinfeld one of our favorite shows here in the office and you know what i think uh mitch or keith would be a good fit for that and so they become an advocate they say oh you know hey look look at this i know um mitch and i have had similar 
you know, situations for each other where we may have been looking to shift jobs or things like that. And it was we were able to advocate for for one another, say, hey, maybe take a look at this guy. So I think that's a really important step. And I think, you know, one of the, the things, too, is even if it's not somebody that's maybe directly related to what your dream job is, talk to them, find out, because you know, if you're getting in a career like financial advising, most people have a financial advisor. If you're shifting a career, uh, you know, to being a salesperson from doing something different, most people have worked with salespeople and they know what the skills are. So just reach out to people and, and set up a conversation. And I think if you approach it from more of the, I want to learn from you, people generally are flattered by that um, and enjoy that. And I think you both can get something out of that that conversation. So I think that's one of the first things is do your research while somebody else is paying you to do the research, <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe not necessarily while you're in your office. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, obviously, <laughs> I don't. Yeah. You know, maybe it depends on what your work environment yeah, is. Yeah. But if you're yeah. if you're lo- locked in the in the basement like Milton in office space, <laughs> you've got plenty of time to do the do the research there. Um, and then I think the next thing, and and you did this, you went back to school, and and in some cases, uh, again, uh, my experience with, well, I guess. What, one of the next steps is figuring out what you need, right? You said right. you can pick up the, the financial mm-hmm. uh, advising part. So part of it may be requiring you to go back to school, right? right? And, and exactly, because sometimes we just say career change, we think, all right, light switch, and all of a sudden you're you know, entered into this new space and you're, you're just getting sprinting and right out the gates and you're good to go, right? Not necessarily, <laughs> for one, depending on what your career change is, you might not be legally able to, to do that. So in both Keith and I's case, we, we came from different backgrounds and we couldn't just all of a sudden start buying or selling securities on people's behalfs or, or making financial advice or recommendations to our, our clients because we didn't have the appropriate credentials yet. So when we were at Merrill Lynch, we had to study and take the, the FINRA exams, which is the, one of the regulatory bodies that kind of governs people in that space. And, and that was something that we both fell under and that we needed to make sure we passed the appropriate tests. And that took a lot of time and studying and courses. And we had to make sure that we had all the credentials to, to practice what we were going to practice. And that took, that took several months to actually get through all this number of tests. And then even then, okay, once you have the bare minimum things taken care of, looking forward, how, how are we going to potentially even hone our craft even more? So that's when certain professional designations like the Certified Financial Planner, CFP. That's the next step along the way of, hey, I'm really going to hone my craft. I want to get holistic planning education. I want to have myself stick out compared to any other planner or advisor that might be on the street. So that's kind of that next step. You know, That might be on the, the two, three, four, five-year plan after doing the bare minimum. And then from there, it's, it's what's next, all right? So there's education along the way. And, and for me, I actually was in an MBA program at UW-Madison here. And basically, any elective opportunity that I had, I would steer towards some sort of finance or some sort of investments-related ca- class, whether that's a portfolio management class or even a corporate finance, anything finance numbers-related that was going to help me just accelerate that learning curve in this new career. I took the opportunity and, and did it. So for me, that additional education really helps turn the, the corner when it came from, from going back from Rockwell Automation, being in the controls world, over to, 
to where I am today. And I think what you point out is also something that employers are looking for, right? Hey, if you can, as you're shifting careers, acknowledge, hey, I have, I, I may not have, you know, been exactly in this, like, I, you know, someone who studied finance and economics uh, as, you know, an undergraduate, but, you know, one, I'm willing to learn. Here's what I've done so far to learn about it. Uh, in my particular case as well, it was thinking about the skills that you have that you can leverage that make sense. And one thing financial planners and advisors will tell you that in many cases, the actual sort of finance and economic side of things is not as important as the ability to explain that, what you're doing in the long run to your clients. And so one of the things I was careful to think of was, hey, I was a teacher and I realized actually in kind of 2008, 2009, as my you know, friends who had just been out of college for, uh, you know, they were in their late 20s, uh, were suffering maybe their first market correction in the working world. And they were, they were going, Keith, what, what the heck's going on? I discovered I had a kind of knack for explaining that. And part of it is just my background growing up. Both of my parents were accountants. We, I remember talking about, you know, the, the stock market crash of 1987. Black Monday there in October around the dinner table. Uh, so I knew a lot about the markets. And then I just am a person who just kind of reads constantly and processes information. But I knew that I could take that skill and inventory and use it you know, forward. And so I think that's the next thing that I would say that's an important lesson from, from both of our cases is take an inventory of all the skills that you have, Right. In Mitch's case, you know, he wanted to do it. He he's a quick learner. He was good at math. You know, I was the beneficiary of of yeah. actually receiving some good yeah. advice in, yeah. in my past. Yep. So that helps. So I, I I know the value of it. Yep. In my case, I looked at you know my skills as at teaching and explaining, and those sorts of things, and said, okay, that's that would actually be a good fit. And so, you know, in looking at the career that fits you best, I think part of it is thinking about inventorying those skills that you have and then, you know, looking at it. And not to toot your horn too much here, but you, you demonstrated some great, great things on how you can apply those skills to the client, right? But then also to your employer. <laughs> so one thing that I know and can vouch for is that Keith, being a professor and, and having a background in English and literature, he's really good at writing content. So for some of you, you've probably seen his blog posts, seen his white papers. He is a content machine, and he can take complex, let's just say it's, it's a bill that's going through Congress right now and saying, here's what it's going to mean. Here's what's going to change the retirement landscape for the generations that, that aren't quite into their retirement ages yet. So how is that going to change, and how is it simplified in a way that just any old person could see that blog or white paper and understand it? So that's actually something that offers a value to to your employer, right? Our firm, our five-person firm here is that, hey, I can write this content. I can make it easy for people to understand. That helps for our search engine optimization. It helps educate our clients, right? And it's a way that, that we're, we're top of mind, really, because we're making this simple for people to understand. We're trying to use that to be to be informative for the people that we're touching on a daily basis. Well, thank you for that. Um, but I also think it's an important thing that a lot of people in terms of their skills overlook, mm -hmm. right? Um, I'm just by habit because I had to in graduate school, I'm a, a fairly efficient writer. And 
when you think about how much of our communication in the work environment is done via email and so on and so forth, I think that's something that people may sell themselves short, particularly, you know, we live in an age where the humanities are, are maybe looked down upon as not real education, but taking the skills that you gather from an English degree where you have to write a lot and learn how to write and write well and being able to apply them are, are great skills. I talk to lawyers all the time who sometimes look at, you know, the folks that they have uh, in, you know, uh, who are new lawyers and they just don't know how to write. And they don't know how to write from the perspective of emails. They don't know how to write from a legal perspective. Now, some of those obviously are you know, you're going to have to learn how to write from a legal perspective. You're just going to have to get better from practice. But realize that, hey, if you're a good writer, that's a skill. If you're a good communicator, that's a really valuable skill. And it's a skill that you can learn the content, right? Mm -hmm. But you can apply it to a lot of different fields. So that's the other thing I think we should we should stress here is if you're thinking about changing careers, you know, don't just limit yourself to what you think is easy and convenient for you, but really inventory all of your skills and think, hey, I could do this or that, or, you know, this is a little bit out of the box. I mean, everybody, when I talk to them, are shocked that, oh, Keith, you're a financial advisor and you were a French professor, but it's teaching in, in for me at least, both cases. So Yeah. And so what about some of the financial considerations, right? Because sometimes people want to make a career change because they want to make more money, let's say, right? That's one side of it because they say, ah, I'm just sick of going through this grind and I don't make enough for what I do. And therefore that's the, the Chris Rock job versus career. Yeah, joke. yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, you know, that, that could be one reason, but the other could be more of, of passion, right? Where your interests align better in that new career. And you might actually be taking a pay cut to make that career change. So what are, what are some of the considerations that you may or may not have considered as you're going through your career change? Because I know in my case, it was more of, hey, I think my interests are better suited by making this career change, right? And and maybe I make more money at some point, but you know, as it currently sits, I had to take a pay cut in order to, to make that career change. And that's not uncommon for people that go through a career change. So, so I'd be interested in your perspective on that. Keith. Yeah. I, I mean, in my case, uh, everything was going to be better salary wise than in a, being in academia, uh, pretty much. But, uh, I think, you know, first of all, if you know, you're going to be in a, a ramp up period or you're going to be in a period where you may not be making as much money immediately, you're going to want to start saving. I mean, that just makes sense. And it, it, it's not risky saving, but, you know, saving more money and thinking about what expenses you might want to trim out. Obviously, there's the, the financial side. But I think, you know, the other thing is, in the, in the longer run, what's going to make you happy, right? I, I mean, we, we, you know, we spend our days talking about money and, and you know, X's and and this is this is where that column needs to be and but and occasionally golf yeah and occasionally golf and uh, you know uh, musical taste and Seinfeld <laughs> uh, but I, I think one of the things that you you want to look at is why am I you know why am I making this decision is it because I'm not happy right now being able to not feeling like I'm fully providing for my family not feeling like I'm giving them everything I want and in that case maybe that you know, bump up and pay is really why you're, you know, it's, it's a, it's about the money, but it's not about the money. Right. Um, and then 
maybe in the case where you're you know you've been working in a high stress job you've you've st- saved and and done a lot but you're not enjoying the lifestyle or you know you're you're stressed out from work or you you know just don't like the job and that's one of the other things to consider and i i know we wanted to touch on it and we're kind of running short on time we've we've filled up quite a bit here already but you know are you unhappy with the job or are you unhappy with the career right. is one of the things that you want to figure out. I think we've both been in situations where it wasn't the career that we didn't like. It was where we were, where we were working. And then that's a case where, okay, maybe I'm going to look for a similar job, but somewhere else. Um, so, you know, the money is never all about money, right? It's about what we do with it and how we have it. And so I think, you know, the money conversation, there's no one single right answer to that. I don't know how you feel about that, but yeah, agreed. Because for me, I, I do have a family. I have a wife and a little daughter. And it's definitely more of how can I utilize resources to better our situation as a family, right? Or or the charities that I support or my church that I support, whatever it is, right? Resources are used in different ways. And sure, I'm working in order to, you know, I'm trading my time to, to generate some income because I need a pay my mortgage and eat and, you know, support my family and things like that. But it's definitely more of, Hey, how can I actually use this? And then also, can I find some purpose in my job? So, you know, there's a few levels there, but do I find purpose in what I'm doing? And Oh, by the way, that can also generate income and I can enjoy going to work. And if I'm working extra hours or late into the evening or on Saturday morning or whatever it is, I actually don't seem to mind it as much. Right. If it was just the job, like you were yeah. talking about where it's just, oh, I'm, I'm doing this and I keep looking at the clock and when is this day going to end, right? I don't think I've ever had that feeling in this career. I can't think of a single time where yeah. I've had that feeling in this career. Well, that's probably a good place to, to stop, right? Because as, <laughs> as uh, 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 Chris Rock, who has a job versus career, not safe for work, will note, a uh, little, little stand-up bit, he said, you know, those of you with a career – you, you need to shut up <laughs> and, and, you know, listen to those people who have jobs, right? Because in a career, he said, you know, you never worry. You, you just don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a job, you're staring at the clock. So I think that's a good place for us to kind of wrap up. <laughs> well right? done. Well yeah, done. I, you know, that's, that's that literary background right there. I know how to put a nice little bow on things. So, uh, Mitch, I'll let you uh, sign us out here. Hey, well, thank you, everybody, for checking into this episode of Give Me Some Truth. And Keith and I, I hope that we're in the booth together again, Keith. We'll, oh, we'll, we'll have to do you. this again sometime. So. Sounds great. I mean, we're, we're probably the two youngest guys in the office. We are. So I don't know if people want to take life advice from the two of us, but <laughs> it's worth something, right? <laughs> yeah. So thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you on the next episode. You got Advisory services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.
Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, Mitch DeWitt, and Keith Boniwaz are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered, and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not provide any advice that is investment-related, nor should any comments that guests make be construed as giving investment advice. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Walkner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.